welcome to this episode of our podcast series, In One Ear and Out the Other, brought to you by Anexavets. I'm Emma Franklin. And I'm Katrina Roberts, but most people call me Trine. We are both dairy vets at Anexavet Services in the Waikato in New Zealand. Trine and I have been working together for, oh, about 15 years, and most of that time has been spent together at the back end of a cow. But one of the things that we have in common is our passion for learning and teaching other vets and farmers. So it sort of seems only right that here we are together doing this podcast, specifically aimed at staff on dairy farms rather than just the bosses. Yeah, spot on, Em. Um, yeah, you and I have known, been known to talk quite a bit, haven't we? But in all seriousness, um, I've been a dairy vet with special interests in herd health, including in-calf and reproduction and milk quality management, as well as a headlands consultant for many years now, hmm, quite, quite a long time, actually, feeling a bit old. And it's become clear to me that often the information we provide only gets to the boss, whether that's the farm owner uh, or the share milker or usually just the person who pays the bills. But it's actually really important that we make sure that the people on the ground, the people milking the cows every day, are also able to pick up the advice we're giving. So Emma and I wanted to bring you this podcast specifically designed for staff on dairy farms to give you some helpful tips and information to manage the more practical aspects of animal health on farm. We hope that this will either make your job easier or make it more successful or enjoyable or just give you a better understanding of why you're being asked to do the things that you're doing in a certain way. Or maybe why you should be being asked to do things in a certain way. Exactly. Right, so let's jump into today's topic, which hopefully will be the first of several. So today we wanted to talk about the top three tips to make your pre-mating period count. Right now, here in the Waikato, we're about 35 days before your typical plant started mating. So it's really time to get serious about mating. Yeah, that's right, Em. Your farm should have tail paint on now. And the reason for that is so that you can know how well the cows are cycling pre-mating. It gives you an opportunity to know where you're at. Uh, if things aren't going to plan, there's still time then to intervene with non-cycler treatments or some other management strategy to try and improve things once mating gets going. For those of you who haven't used the non-cycler programs before on your farm, the best time to intervene is 10 days before the plan start mating. That way you're going to get better return on investment, more money to be made. So even though the staff on farms might not be able to control whether the boss's cows are cycling or how much supplement is on hand or you know, which breeding company or IB tech is being used, Every single person on farm is able to contribute to detecting cows on heat and managing those cows. So we want to give you three top tips so that you can think about and work on on your farm between now and the start of mating. That will then be able to lead to having better heat detection once mating starts and therefore better in calf rates. So Train, tell me, what do you consider to be the three most important areas for staff to focus on in the next 35 days? How about you listen first, and then we can go into them and look at them in a bit more detail. Yeah, I like to think of the pre-mating period as the pre-season competition. Time to figure out the best combinations on the field. So keeping that in mind, the three areas are, number one, use the pre-mating period to get familiar with the heat detection aid you'll be using on farm. Number two, ensure that your cow identification is 100%, spot on. And three, have a run through of what a typical AB day is like on your farm. 
Okay, good. Right. Let's look at each of those in a bit more detail, because I think sometimes it's really easy for us to assume that everybody understands why we're doing the things that we do. But of course, that's actually not necessarily true at all. You know, every year there are staff who are brand new to farming and have never been through this before, or perhaps they're coming onto a new farm which use completely different systems than they're used to that they've had on previous jobs. So let's break it down. Why does it actually matter which heat detection aid is used? You know, can't people just assume that they're all the same? Hmm. Yeah, good, good point. All heat detection aids work based on changes that occur when a cow is in heat. For example, she stands to be ridden by another cow. So most of the aids are triggered when another cow is mounting the cow that's on standing heat. So that includes heat mount detectors, uh, scratchy pads, and tail paint. The electronic devices are usually triggered by increases in walking and coinciding with decreases in eating when a cow is on heat. So as you said, Emma, most farmers are familiar with the concept of tail paint and all farms should have their tail paint on 35 to days before the plants start mating, like now. However, slapping on some tail paint with little thought isn't good enough. As the days get longer and temperatures warm up, cows start shedding their winter coat, which means the tail paint starts coming off. And this is something that we really notice and can become quite tricky when farmers are trying to select cows for non-cycler treatment. So if that tail paint's not been well maintained, it can be quite hard to tell who's not been cycling or whose tail paint has just fallen off because they're molting their, their winter fur. So what, what you need to be doing is working out a plan for your farm as to how often the tail paint needs to be checked and touched up, who is doing this job, is it being applied in the same way? And by the same way, I mean the same direction, the same length of tail paint, and the same thickness. Well, all details, really. Pre-mating is the perfect time to refine this process. Likewise, if you don't use tail paint and you use heat mount detectors, or you might use heat mount detectors and tail paint, you really need to ensure that during the pre-mating period, you've tested a few. You, do you have them in the right location? Are you confident to stick them on? Do you have the right glue? Do they stay on? Uh, do they go uh, do they go off when a cow isn't on heat so maybe you've got issues on your farm like low-hanging branches or lots of hedges that rip them off all these factors are much better to be sussed out before ab starts before it's game on time so it doesn't matter what aid you're using now is the time to get it right use the pre-mating period to get your heat detection aid application and reading consistent and foolproof Absolutely. And one other thing in there, I think it's also well worthwhile making sure that your shed trolley or whatever you're using to stand on as you apply those aids is up and running and the wheels haven't rusted or whatever you might find. So I think that's a really good use of everybody's time in the pre-mating period, considering it as a practice match. Perfect. Now let's go to your second point. As a vet, I have definitely had times where we've experienced double ops or missing tags when I've been out doing jobs on farm. We often notice this most around repro work. So whether we're putting doing non-cyclers or perhaps pregnancy testing. So I really agree with your second point, making sure that cow identification is 100%. Yeah, conveniently, um, most herds will have a herd test before mating starts. So acting on the data from this herd test, to sort out any funny tags, uh, funny tags being missing tags, uh, no EID, uh, the EIDs not reading, dirty tags, and double ups, this will all make a huge difference to your mating results. Um, it may sound small, but in the national database, 
there are about 5% of cows that disappear during the season from the records. Many of these will be cows with incomplete records for some reason. 5%. So that's 25 cows in a 500 cow herd. It's actually not a small number at all. And that can end up being quite a lot of cows potentially not being mated at the right time purely because of tags. So let me take you through a scenario where we've got a double up and you'll see how big a difference one double up can have on the farmer's bottom line. Cow one, two, three is a double up. The first cow one, two, three is showing good signs of heat and she's been detected on heat correctly. The other cow, one, two, three, who is not on heat, happens to arrive at the milking shed first and is either manually drafted, as she was written on the board by the person who detected her, or she's automatically drafted by a drafting gate as number 123 was entered into the computer in the drafting uh, system. So the outcome of this could be that a straw of semen is wasted. It's put into the wrong cow who is not on heat. So that's a waste of $40 or so, depending on the bull that was used. The cow that was on heat, so the cow 123 that somebody detected on heat down the paddock, she's actually missed and she can't even get in car for another three weeks, assuming that the mistake with the double up doesn't occur again. Missing a heat is worth at least $300 at the current milk price. Therefore, in this double up mix up, we've lost about $340. Wow. It actually, it, it really opens your eyes when you put the dollars to it, doesn't it? So that's $340 for every missed heat in the herd. Right. So it seems simple, but often the details are forgotten, aren't they? The herds that you work with train that get the best reaper results, I bet they won't be neglecting these details, will they? No, and interestingly enough, the farmers that I have that are achieving excellent reaper results year in, year out, do exactly that. They focus on the detail. Every little bit counts every season. Mm. And I think that probably leads us nicely into point three, which is have a run through of what an AB day is like on your farm. So if we go back to that analogy I mentioned before, if we think of the pre-mating period as the pre-season game, now is the time to come up with a plan for all the little things that happen once mating starts and how a normal AB day will play out on your farm. For example, when you see a cow on heat, where do you record it and who do you tell? Are you entering it straight into an auto drafter or are you letting the boss know so they can draft them for you? Where do the on heat Cows wait while the AB tech is on their way. Do they have access to high quality food and water because cows on heat really need to be looked after? Do they have space to display their signs of heat safely? So remember, they're going to be doing heaps of mounting and riding and bullying each other. That means we don't really want them on slippery concrete. Oh, no, we definitely don't want them on slippery concrete because we do not want to see any dislocated hips in those bullying cows if we can possibly avoid it. And then going on from that, what happens to those cows after they've been mated? Does someone walk through them and take them slowly back to their paddock so they can join their herd mates? Remembering that if they get back to the paddock nice and early in the day, they're going to join the sexually active group and they're going to help bring more cows on heat. So good communication around the system on the day associated with heat detection and AB is crucial for excellent results. So my suggestion here would be to have a mock AB day during the pre-mating period. You're going to identify any parts of the system that aren't streamlined, and you're going to be identifying any parts of the system that are at risk of failing. 
For example, figuring out that a drafting date is broken before mating starts may sound obvious, but you'd be surprised how often details like that are forgotten. Oh, yeah, it's been broken for ages. So remembering that, um, you know, we're trying to prepare ourselves for the mating period. Remember, even your boss hasn't played this game for 12 months. So how can we expect anyone in the farm team to be on top form with no pre-season pre preparation? Pre-mating period is the time to do that preparation. Brilliant. That was great. Thank you, Train. So just to recap, there are three main things that staff and farm can do in those 35 days before the start of mating. Number one, make sure you know which heat detection aids you're using on your farm, how to apply them properly, and how to read them accurately. Number two, tidy up any issues you might have with cow tags. So every cow in the herd has a number that is legible, and each number is only used once. And number three, have a practice run so everyone really knows what the plan for AB cows is and what that means in practical terms for each person and every single cow on that farm. Exactly. So let's get those things right and you're going to be well set up once mating starts. Lovely. Well, thank you all for listening to this episode of In One Ear, Out The Other. If any of you listening have any topics that you would like Trina and I to talk about, please just get in touch with us. You can contact us on our Anexa Facebook page. So use Messenger, search for Anexa Dairy Vets on Facebook, or you could flick one of us an email. My email is efranklin at anexa.co.nz. And mine is kroberts at anexa.co.nz. You can also find lots of more useful tips and advice and articles and how-to guides on our website, anexa.co.nz. You can also sign up to get our newsletters emailed to you every month. So there's a sign up option there on the website too. Of course, we can also come to your farm and provide farm specific training. Uh, Emma and I both enjoy doing that sort of thing uh, on a wide range of animal health topics. If you think this sounds like something you'd be interested, then get in touch with your local vet. Thanks for joining us. We'll sign off now, but hopefully you'll hear from us again soon with another episode. Bye. Thanks, Emma. Bye.